This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we are so excited to be joined by former Michigan gymnast and six-time All-American Liv Karras, as well as her dad, Jim, to talk about their new book, Confessions of a Division One Athlete. We had a great conversation, so you guys don't want to miss it. And we also have a quick update on Olympic team announcements and some very exciting college gym news. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So thank you to Kevin K. Karina G, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you so much for your continued support at the highest tier level. You guys are seriously amazing and we appreciate you all so much. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon, you can join for as little as $1 a month. Yes, we are very, very affordable around here. (laughs) And we have all the information that you need to know on our website, which is in the show notes down below. Now, let's get into this week's episode. So before we get into our conversation with Liv and Jim Karras, we want to real quickly do an update on some college gym news and also some Olympic team announcements because they're coming out quick. It, it feels like in the last week, everybody's just naming their Olympic team, which I'm fine with. I want to start knowing like who we're actually going to see which in it, Tokyo. It makes sense because the Olympics are now like we're in the 30 day range. I guess it depends on when you listen to this, but we're getting down to the last couple of weeks before Tokyo, which is so crazy. Yeah. So I'll start with Team France. So we have Maureen Boyer, Melanie Jesus Dos Santos, Caroline Hedwi, and Aline Fries. Then for Germany, we have Sarah Voss, Elizabeth Seitz, Kim Bway, Paulina Schaefer, and as the alternate, we have Emily Petz. And then for Canada, we have Brooklyn Moores, Ellie Black, Shallon Olsen, Ava Stewart, and then the alternate is Rose Wu. Which, shout out to Ava Stewart because this is her first year senior and she's going to be making her international debut at the Olympics. So talk about pressure. Yeah, that's like <laughs> terrifying. I couldn't even imagine. And I think that a lot of these teams, the, the ones I just named at least, shaped up kind of how we thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too shocked or surprised by any of these announcements. I think that China, the U.S., and Russia are the ones that we're kind of really anticipating. Which, by the way, I'm confused. I think Russia named, like, their squad. They named, like, six gymnasts to the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. But one of them is going to be an alternate. And then one of them is going to be the plus one. And then there's four that are on the team. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to wait before I, like announce their Olympic team just because it technically really hasn't been announced. It's kind of like an Olympic squad, yeah. which is all the gymnasts that we already talked about last week and predicted would be a part of the mix. It's not an official team and it hasn't been submitted to the IOC or anything like that. So Right. So yeah, I'm really excited to see Brooklyn Moores, first-time Olympian, Ali Black, three-time Olympian. Love that for her. Get a girl. And then, yeah, like you said, Ava Stewart. I feel like that's really exciting. And she's teammates with Anna Pedereriu, which makes me very, very sad because I think that was sort of the spot that Anna, I guess maybe at one point in time, we assumed that she would have that spot locked up mm-hmm. and it ended up going to her teammate. So I feel like... But Anna's so sweet and supportive. You yeah. see what she posted on Instagram. Yes. She posted something basically explaining like her injury and why she had to withdraw from the Olympic process <laughs> and... She said to Ava, I hope you can hear me screaming from Canada all the way in Tokyo. That makes me really sad. I know. I know. We all wanted Anna to be at the Olympics. It's She's going to be there in our hearts. But she's going to rest up and go to UCLA next season and just have a killer four years at UCLA. I can feel it coming. Also, I want to backtrack real quickly to Brooklyn Moores. So happy that she's officially an Olympian. Her sister, Victoria, was an Olympian back in 2012. So, I mean, how cool is that to have sisters go to the Olympics in the same sport. And we've seen it before. Like, it's not rare. Like the Downey sister. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not acting like it's rare, but it's still just cool. Yeah. Because they're not even from the same time. Like, it's not like they were training together. Yeah. I don't know. I just find that really cool. (laughs) Yeah. I bet the Morris family is very, very, very proud. They have good genes in their family. They do. (laughs) 
so then a few days ago, China had like an internal trial. So it wasn't public, at least to my knowledge. And this was the last trial for the Chinese athletes before their Olympic team is named. And really the only notable update that I'd want to say from that was that Li Xijia, she went down with an injury. It was a knee injury during vault warm-up right before the competition started. So she was sent to the hospital. And as of right now, the time we're recording this, it's unclear how severe her injury is. I'm seeing different things online from people who follow Chinese gymnastics very closely saying that they don't believe it's a severe injury and that she should be fine for Tokyo because she was pretty much a lock for that team, I would say. She's the bronze medalist on beam from the 2019 World Championships. She's also the Chinese national champion on beam. And I feel like one of their strongest all-arounders. So it would definitely be a big loss if she weren't able to be on the team kind of last minute. So that's something that we're going to have to really keep our eyes on in the next the coming week, the next couple of days, I'm not quite sure when they're announcing their Olympic team. Some of this is still really hard to keep track of. All these different countries, and a lot of them have like internal trials. They're not anything that's public. Yeah. And it's not like the USA where it's a big, huge event and it's well publicized. Yeah. And-, and then on Monday of next week, we will have the US Women's Olympic team. Which we're going to trials. We've said that several times already, but we're so excited. Yeah, I know. I feel like this has been like a goal of mine as a gymnastics fan for a very long time. Like the Olympics and the Olympic trials are two of like the biggest needs that you can go to as a gymnastics fan. So very, very excited that we were able to I guess, re-secure our, our tickets because we got refunded. It was this huge mess and we've changed our Airbnb like three different times by now. So I'm glad that we're like the week out and we're going. Like we're leaving it's, on Friday. It's happening. The plans are solidified. We're good to go. Yes. So we will have next week an update on the Olympic team and um, our thoughts on that. So moving on, I also want to talk about just we kind of talked about this last week but just the navieva skill on bars in general i feel like it's becoming the new wolf turn mm-hmm. yep it's the skill that everyone's doing all the time <laughs> the only thing i will say is that i think the navieva is a lot more fun to watch it is whereas wolf turns are kind of like hit or miss some people don't get me wrong they do them very very well like grace mccallum hers are beautiful there's a lot of girls that do do them very well but you also get girls that try and do it and they look kind of wonky like it, it doesn't look good yeah. you see too many of those with wolf turns but not Bieba's, i think for the most part everyone that does one it looks good in my opinion yeah. so i don't mind it but I, I do think that the skill is being done a little bit too much now it used to be really rare and now it's yeah. like everyone and their brother is doing a Nabieba on bars so sydney barrow she posted a video of herself training one and you could see simone in the background like freaking out it was very cute and sydney barrows did not qualify to trial so i think she's just kind of in upgrade season she's working on some new skills so maybe that's something that next year we'll see from her she did it very well. I think she's totally capable mm-hmm. of doing it. Also, Charlotte Booth Jr., she was a training one in the video that I saw. I don't know if it was a recent video. Like, I saw it recently, but I didn't mm-hmm. quite catch, like... When it was from. Yeah, when. Like, yeah. if it was something from a year ago. I don't know. But she also apparently is training one. Did you see uh, Barrows got the stamp of approval from that VA by herself? No, did you? Yes, because now everybody is sending messages to Tatiana Navieva on Instagram asking, is this Nabs? Because she said it's not Nabs. If you missed it, we talked about this last week, but she was commenting on videos of people doing Navievas and saying, that's not Nabs. No, she literally said, you got to get it right. It's it's not Nabs. It's not Nabs. Because that's the quote that's going around. It's not Nabs. So now people are messaging her and saying, is this Nabs? (laughs) She says yes or no. So it's good that she approved of it. (laughs) Yeah. And then Sani Vevers, she did a Nabieva half at the Dutch Olympic trials. In my opinion, way better than Nina Drawals, which we saw the week prior to that. Which, by the way, I also want to give an update because last week we said it was a Nabieva half. Well, it was supposed. It was. We, she caught it in like mixed grip. We said apparently it's cross grip. I, to be honest with you, I didn't know there was a difference. It's hard to tell the difference. Yeah. Especially when you're watching something of, like, fast, not fast motion, what am I trying to say? In, like, normal speed, in real time. Yeah, you're not, like, analyzing yeah. it. Like, yeah. It's not slowed down. Um, So did want to give, I guess, a correction on that. We did technically say that was wrong. It was not caught in mixed grip. It was cross grip. And either way, it was supposed to be a Nabieva, like, half. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's a very confusing skill. But Sane's is... Excellent. I yeah. think. I mean, there's a little bit of form issues, but she definitely gets the half turn a around bit better. More, yeah, before yeah. Nina does. Um, that brought her bar score to a five-five. So we know she's a beam queen, but like maybe she's coming for that bar title too. I mean, not quite. That's, that's a little dramatic. That's a stretch. But like bar final question mark. 
Maybe. We'll see. Uh, maybe I'm just getting excited. I think you're getting a little excited, but I mean, you should get excited about that. It's very well done. Moving on to college gymnastics news, um, Claire Kaji's taking a sixth year, and that's like really unexpected because I kind of thought we were past the announcements at this point. Like mm-hmm. everybody who's coming back is coming back, and the people who are done are done. Yeah. And then Claire Kaji's just like, hey, what's up? I'm taking that sixth year. Surprise. So Iowa posted on social media, which by the way, their social media game is so good. Whoever yeah. runs their social media does a fantastic job. Other colleges need to take note. Yeah. Well, they posted like a big announcement coming tonight. So, you know, getting people all hyped up and watching Twitter, stalking Twitter. Which is so smart. Yeah. I, for some reason, was thinking it was like a commitment, like a big commitment announcement or... I don't know, like something with the coaching staff. I don't know why. I swear I saw Claire Kaji post something like she a did. retirement post. She did. Oh, she did. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> that's why we're all like, what is going on? Totally unexpected. But I'm here for it. And that's huge for Iowa. Obviously, she's like one of their best athletes. And they did so good last season. So I feel like having one of their best athletes return is only going to make them even better. Also on the college gym front, we have Courtney McCool-Griffith and her husband, Garrett, moving to LSU. So they had spent, well, actually, they started their college coaching career at Texas Women's University for a couple years. Then they went to Arkansas. Then they went to Utah. And then now they're finally at LSU. They're making the rounds. They are making the rounds. And what's interesting to me is that Courtney has been in a lot of volunteer positions. She certainly has not only the experience, but as like an athlete, a successful elite and Olympic level athlete, but then also as as a a college gymnast. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised to find out that she is going to be a volunteer assistant coach, whereas her husband Garrett is going to be a paid assistant coach at LSU. But I guess to each their own, whatever floats their boat. It's a big catch for LSU. Yeah, it is. And I'm excited excited to see what she does with her floor choreography because it's been Ashley Claire Kearney for so long. Yeah. And now she's stepped to the side. So we'll see what Courtney does. But I think I really liked her choreography at Utah. So looking forward to seeing what she can do at LSU. And then also perhaps the biggest gymnastics news is Clemson adding a gymnastics program for the women. I was so hoping that would happen. I'm so, 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 so glad that it's confirmed. There was that petition going around that got quite a few signatures, but it's so exciting to have it be official. Yeah, so they will be starting in the 2023 season, and then they're joining, obviously, the ACC conference, which is Atlantic Coast. Um, Huge. Clemson is a very big school for athletics. Their football team is very big. And I know that's a draw for a lot of athletes. The university as a whole, I would say, puts a lot of money into their athletics and their facilities and their apparel. And I feel like being a Division I athlete at a university like Clemson is a really big deal. And I think that in itself is going to be a draw for a lot of student athletes. And I think because of that, they might have maybe a little bit easier of time of recruiting a higher level athlete than a school like LIU. Mm-hmm. LIU started last season. They're also fresh on the scene. But I think that... There's the, more of a draw for Clemson. Yeah, the bigger the school, um, the more money the school has even. Like, those are kinds of things that, like, I think gives a school or a gymnastics team that's new and starting out more potential right out the bat to come out and actually, like, make an impact, potentially... In the rankings, even. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the recruiting. Yeah, because obviously nothing has been, like, announced yet. Like, we don't have a team, we don't have coaches, anything like that. But I do think that Clemson making the decision to have a gymnastics team is a really, really good decision. You know, like I was saying before, not only for the sport of college gymnastics and the growth of college gymnastics, But also just for the school, like, that's going to be huge for them. And I think it has the potential to be, down the line, a team that ends up being really good someday. But I'm excited. I'm going for Kyla Ross become the head coach challenge. Yes. Connor McClain be their first recruit challenge. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that Connor McClain is going to LSU. I've thought that for a very long time, and I think she's trolling the gym tonight when she says that she's going to a smaller school. Um, I think she's just... I think... She knows that everyone was, like, catching on to the fact that, like, she was going to LSU. I mean, it's not confirmed. This is just my hypothesis on this. But um, I think that she was just trying to throw people off. And so now Clemson has a team and everyone's kind of like, hmm, maybe. Like, maybe that's what she was talking about. And I'm like, no, she's going to LSU. Just wait. I'm still holding out for Clemson. And Kyla Ross, I think she makes perfect sense because we already established that her boyfriend's dad is a coach at Clemson. She's been to Clemson before. And I kind of feel like 
she had something to do with this. Because around <laughs> the time that everyone was talking about wanting a college gymnastics program at Clemson, Kyla Ross just so happened to be there. Yeah. Like, she was, like, <laughs> scoping something out. Like, she was doing something. It was a little sus, if you ask me. So, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I think that would be so cool. She does have that coaching experience, and it's kind of like a, a Jordan Weber-esque move, where you go from being an Olympian and an Olympic gold medalist to a college gymnastics head coach at a very young age. So I'm, I'm here for it. It could totally happen, and I would love to see it. Okay, so let's move on to our conversation with Liv Karras and her father, Jim. They wrote this incredible book, Confessions of a Division One Athlete. And I'm not, I have to admit, I'm not all the way through it yet. I'm about halfway there. I've just been, my week has been so crazy, guys. But Brittany, she busted through that bad boy. And I read it in one day. <laughs> I texted Liv afterward. And I'm like, I just read your book. I read it in one day. <laughs> I'm like, maybe that makes me sound crazy. But I just, I had to get through it. And I want, I knew that we were going to be having this episode. And I wanted to be able to provide like my thoughts on it and be able to make like a true recommendation to you guys. So I thought it was a great book. It was beautifully written. Liv and her dad are both excellent writers. Her dad is obviously an author. So he had past experience with writing and Liv is also amazing at writing so I think they did a great job I think that what makes the book so unique is having two different perspectives almost simultaneously like Liv will be talking about something and then you have a little section where Jim kind of puts his input in and what his perspective and his thoughts and feelings were it's almost like you're sitting in on a conversation between them yes yeah and it's funny because having talked to them already I could totally see their personalities shine through in the writing just having talked to them a few days prior mm-hmm. and kind of like seeing the banter between them and how their relationship is, I, I just absolutely loved it. And I think that Liv does a really good job of talking about different topics that I feel like really aren't discussed that much for gymnasts post their gymnastics career. You know, they spend their whole lives training and dedicating themselves either to being a world or Olympic athlete or getting a college scholarship. And then once it all ends, they're kind of like thrown into the real world and don't really know who they are, don't really know what they're doing with themselves, where they want to go, even like the job searching process and not really having like a typical resume where you worked, you know, all these different jobs throughout college and had all these internships and just the life of an athlete, a division one athlete and trying to make that transition to life post gymnastics. She talks also about like her body image, loss of identity, kind of like I said already, just a lot of topics that I think don't really get a whole lot of thought, at least from like a fan perspective. And you don't see a lot of gymnasts talking about it. So I think that's one thing that was really, really nice about this book. And then also doubling with Jim's commentary and his thoughts on a lot of these topics and like what he was seeing and what he was feeling about it. And I think it really just provides a unique perspective. So if you haven't had the chance to buy their book yet, I would really encourage you to do so. You can go to karisconfessions.com and you can even get a signed copy. So make sure you check it out. It's worth it. We have the signed copy and we can 100% say it's worth it. (laughs) But I also just loved having this conversation with Lib and Jim. I think that they're amazing people. They radiate such good energy. The vibes were great the whole time. Yeah. I want to be best friends with both Jim and Lib. (laughs) (laughs) They were a lot of fun and they both know what they're talking about. So we hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. And more importantly, we hope that you go buy their book if you haven't already. The first question is a very like introduce yourself to the class on the first day type question. I just want you guys to let our listeners know a little bit about yourselves. So what you do, your background, basically anything that you want people to know about you. Okay. So I'm Olivia Karras. I did gymnastics at Michigan for four years from 2016 to 19, I guess 15 to 19. I did gymnastics at IK Gymnastics in Chicago before that. That was fun. Uh, club was hard, but I'm glad that I did it. And it got me to Michigan, which of course was just the best icing on the cake for me. And now I have like 30 jobs. (laughs) I work in PR and corporate communications for digital advertising agency called huge based out of Brooklyn in New York. Really awesome. I love that it has nothing to do with gymnastics because I get to be a small fish in a big pond learning all of the ropes. But then I also commentate for the Big Ten Network. Um, I do their color commentary. And then um, I, I wrote this book with my dad. So I guess, 
I guess that's my my third job. Now you're an author. <laughs> yes, now I'm an author. Wow, I actually said that. that yes, now I'm an author. <laughs> so hi, I'm Jim Karras. I'm Olivia Karras's father, which seems to be my my role very much these days. That's your title? That's because part of my title. Um, it's a little obnoxious, but I'm a number one New York Times bestselling author, and it takes a lot to get to that number one place. Um, it's like winning an NCAA championship. I think it is very much so. Yeah, good comparison. <laughs> um, uh, this is my seventh book. It was pure joy to write with her. We had an absolute blast doing it. I have been a personal fitness trainer and own a fitness training company of a couple dozen trainers and studios. Um, I own the cryotherapy business in Chicago, so they call me Mr. Freeze because I used to freeze Olivia's body all the time when she was competing at club and home during the summer. Um, I'm a speaker. I was for about a decade with ABC News, um, did a bunch of stuff on Good Morning America. And I had some cool clients in the past, like Diane Sawyer, uh, a little known actor, Hugh Jackman. And um, now I spend my time promoting this book and getting ready to relaunch my baby. I mean, it's been so odd with this pandemic time that, you know, she graduated. We started, that was 2019 in May. We started writing the book. We made a deal that she'd go to New York because she wanted to look for a job. And then we were writing there and we finished things up and then everything was great and ready to go. And the pandemic fit and she had to come home and babysit her father and her mother alternating weeks. So she actually has a lot of jobs. She really does. Now you both sound like you're busy. Yeah, you guys, you guys do it all. Well, we try. We try. We're caresses. We're kind of energizer bunnies. That's kind of what we're like. <laughs> Love it. So how did the idea to write this book actually come about? Whose idea was it? And when did it go from just being an idea to actually being reality? Ashley, back in 2015, I used to write for a magazine in Chicago. And I was allowed to really write about whatever I wanted. At the time, we did an article together called Confessions of a Real Wannabe because at the time Olivia was considering the Olympic or elite path. She just made a face. Um, She's doing those. air quotes. And um, uh, it, hard, uh, it was uh, hard, it hurt. Right, 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 right. Um, someone really wanted her to go to the Olympics, but we won't discuss who he was, um, but he's completely wonderful with her decision to go to Michigan. And we had such a good time writing together. And because of course I'm always talking about writing because it's what I do. We just kind of bantered back and forth this idea of doing a project together. Once she graduated Michigan, she piecemealed some part-time jobs together, but really with her sport, you never have a chance to interview or have an internship. I mean, that's something people don't realize, especially in gymnastics. You get one week off a year. Yep. That's it. And so we started working on it and we really had a great time putting it together. We have a wonderful editor who's done some of my books in the past. She sat down with us in New York. She said, I love your voice, the two of you. I love your banter. I love your relationship. I want to hear that in the book. So we just started it and here we are. And Lev, have you always been kind of into writing? Yes. So I, um, I was actually, that's funny you say that because I was sitting with my mom recently and she was, you know, my mom um, read the book and everything. And she was telling me some of her favorite parts. And she was like, you know, you used to write in this ugly falling apart composition notebook. And I was like, really? And she was like, you don't remember? And I used to take this composition notebook and I would write as small as possible, fit everything in it. And I would try, I just write stories in there as a little kid and they didn't make any sense, but I just loved the process of like writing. And as I grew older, I loved writing classes in middle school and high school. We used to do like round robin writing mm -hmm. where you do like 30 seconds and write a character and then you'd like pass it to the people like favorite days in school. And then um, I minored in creative writing at Michigan and, uh, you know, wrote some stuff here and there for gymnastics blogs and blah, blah, blah. And I always wrote a lot. Like when I would travel, I'd write at airports just to like take my mind off of stuff. So I did write a lot, but I never thought it could become anything more than just fun and like a passion, a passion project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how long did the writing process take for you guys with this book? Actually, not uh, bad. How long? I, I, honestly, I would say if you had to look at it in really dedicated time. Probably June through November. June through November. We have four, of five. 2019. Of 2019. And we would get a rhythm. We had a lot of fun. We would literally get up and do whatever we needed to do. Then we'd write, then we'd go and have lunch and then we'd talk about what we wrote. And then we'd realize all the things we forgot about what we wrote. And then we would go back again. But we wrote about four hours a day, three to four hours a day. Depending on the day. Depending on the day. But a lot of it was really fun because like he would say something like, 
oh my God, that meet where um, so-and-so did their first full in on floor. And I'm like, do you want to know what actually happened at that <laughs> meet? Like she was super nervous and blah, 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 and didn't end up doing and whatever. And so we found a lot of like his perspective and my perspective on the exact same moment, specifically like the regionals my freshman year when we all went 995 on bars. Oh, unbelievable. And he was like, it was so exciting. I was like, we were losing our minds. No. I was like, we were so nervous. But for him, it yeah. was like a highlight moment for him. To revisit those, some of these things that I really didn't know the whole story. She didn't know my perspective of what was going on up at the stands. So it was really fun to relive these situations. And then she'd go and Google the actual people she was competing against. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy, like the Nastia Lucan Cup these wonderful gymnasts she has met, they were all there. Yeah, it's crazy. And it was just wild to realize that these girls, now I know as women, you know, in their 20s, we were, she was competing against them six, seven, eight years ago. It was very cool, very fun. Well, yeah, and the gymnastics community is so small. I feel like that all of the gymnasts, at some point they cross paths, whether it's in college or elite or level 10, like it doesn't even matter what level you are. Like, I feel like the gymnastics community is so small that you're bound to compete against pretty much everybody at some point. Correct. And you know, great Brittany, story right. about that too is that, when I moved to New York, a ton of people reached out to me over Instagram and whatever saying like, you know, you're here. Do you need anything? Like really great gymnastics community and not gymnastics community, but people I didn't even know. And I saw that Sydney Sneed moved to Chicago. And so I did the same thing. I was like, you know, I don't live here anymore. My family does. I messaged her and I was actually going to hang out with Scott Bregman. Hi, Scott. And he's um, a doll. He's we love Scott. Scott is a king. And I was like, you know, I'm going to meet up with one of my friends. Like, you're welcome to come join us. So she came over to our house first. We had a glass of wine and we like met for the first time. I mean, we knew each other as Sydney from Georgia and Olivia from Michigan, but we never like knew each other's people. And that year she ended up not being able to go home for the holidays because of work. And she came to my family's Thanksgiving and we've done trips to go see each other. Now we're like good friends. So it's awesome how like we never knew each other in the gymnastics community. Then we wrote the book and we found out that the year I won JOs, she got second. And oh, we wrote really? in, yeah. in the same division? Like you same guys division, same, division. same age group, same <laughs> division, everything. And we were like, oh my God, but we had no idea. So yeah. it was like little things like that where we could go, oh my God, Jacksonville, whatever, and talk right. about the meat, but we didn't even know. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, weird. So can you guys kind of explain the format of the book? We just, we got ours last night. Oh, Yay! look at that. Yay. We got home at like midnight and we checked the mail and it was in there and I was like dead tired. I was ready to go to bed, but I had to stay up to read a little bit of it. So <laughs> I'm not too far into it yet, but I've started to read it. But can you kind of explain what the format is? Do you guys each have your own chapters or is it both of you writing the chapters that kind of explain that process? Really, Ashley, it's, we took turns writing the chapters and then we would have what we call Olivia interjection or Jim interjection. So we each participate in the chapters at different times, but so many of them were so much a part of one of us specifically. I'll give you an example. Like the beam has been Olivia's nemesis, had been. You're much better on it, honey. And um, past so, tense. Past tense. I'm not so getting on one of those. Literally a chat of the 25 chapters in the book, there's one chapter called beam up. So of course that's her chapter. There's another chapter called Being Down. And so, you know, it's just about her whole experience. And so it just naturally flowed once we kind of figured out the chapters. And then to be honest with you, what I've done with almost every book I've ever done is we put it on the floor of the living room and then you literally manually, we printed it, start to move the chapters because it just seems to make sense. The book is not exactly in chronological order really until the end. Because we kind of want you to get to know us without just it all being her childhood, then all being Michigan. And so we do bump it back and forth. And this is my first collaboration on a writing project. And I, I can't say enough about it. I mean, here, you two are collaborators and you're together on this podcast. Isn't it a blast doing it together? Yeah, it's so much easier, I feel like. When you have yeah. camaraderie right. with somebody, it makes the process so much more fun and it's like easier in a way. Mm -hmm. Sure, and and absolutely. Yeah, is. we bounced a lot off each other. Um, but I do like, there'll be moments where I'm like in the book, no, that actually is not right. Or that <laughs> didn't happen. And he'll do the same to me. So it is very conversational, but each chapter is like one of our, like our own chapters. Correct. And then there's banter in between. And I must, you know, tell you ladies, 
the chapter that my son, her brother Evan wrote, whose nickname is Baba, is really something. It's around chapter 18. And there's this whole kind of, you know, father-daughter banter, and we were great, and this was fun. And, you know, we had some trials and tribulations, but, you know, we did this. And then he comes in, he drops a bomb on the book of what it's like to be the sibling of the star, which uh -huh. is how we put it. And um, that just brings the book to a whole new level because how often do you really think about what is the sibling or siblings of someone who's really succeeding? Athletics, uh, speech, you know, debate, art, dance, I don't care what it is, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And he makes that very clear. Uh, and he wrote it really beautifully. And we both like came out of our respective rooms after he emailed it to us with our mouths hanging open, like, huh, really? And um, he's really honest in it. And I'm very proud of what he wrote. Ooh, now I'm really excited to read it. <laughs> now you got me like curious. What does he say? <laughs> oh, I'm going to let you read it. Okay, I'm going to let you read it. Fair enough. I wanted to ask you about the cover. Liv, I kind of made a joke on Twitter to you. I, I love the cover of the book. I'm just curious why the Blue Velvet Leo didn't make the cut. Can you explain? Yeah. Oh, God, I love that Leo. I felt like I needed to give the other Leo some attention. Okay. Um, no, in all honesty, um, the, the cover actually had a lot of different transformations. Quite and it feel. started, the reason it has like, you know, the American flag background is because it was actually a picture from um, the Nastia Cup in 2015. Oh. And it was of me in, you know, doing a um, handspring lay on beam. And that was the picture with the, it actually in the actual picture had the flag. Correct. And I personally felt that it needed to be Michigan. And I loved the photo. I loved the meat it was from. I loved everything about it. But the fact that I wasn't in a Michigan leotard to me fell off with the whole fact that the book's about a D1 athlete. And so we went back and forth about it a lot and we found pretty much an identical photo, which is that one mm -hmm. from Big Fives my senior year and we just, we swapped them. Okay, well, I like it. I like the cover a lot. Yeah, yeah. thank you. It was, it was fun to do the cover um, and especially have the juxtaposition of the cover and then the back cover. How do you like the back cover? Of us when I was yeah. little. That's I, so cute. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of our, of our favorite pictures ever taken in our life. I remember exactly where we were. I mean, I don't think she was any more than 18 to 20 months old. She was not yet two in that picture. Oh, and, really? Oh, yeah. She's really teeny. And um, even back then, I got to tell you, she was my buddy. Her mom was a very successful stage actress. So she would be away from time to time. So we would spend time together or travel. And it was just really fun, I think, to look at this powerful, strong, successful woman on the front cover, but then flip it and realize, you know, she started as, as this little girl. She looks like Cindy Lou Who, if you really look at the picture, you know what I'm saying? Back then. So, and our editor loved that. She said, it just gives it so much you know, depth and character that you're really showing. And the photos we put in the book as well, we really were careful to curate just the types of things that represented our family now, um, her mom and brother included, when she was a little girl. I mean, all of that was just a lot of fun and a lot of tears when you go back to those pictures. Oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you just like, I feel like you relive it all. Yeah, sure. we did. And you guys have kind of touched on this already, but you guys obviously seem like you have a very good relationship. What is it like working on such a big project together from both of your perspectives? I'll let you go first, ladies first. He can be a hard ass, <laughs> but in like the best way because I just lacked structure after college. I really struggled. Like when I graduated and I kind of went, oh my God, I can, you know, hang out with my friends. I can go get lunch whenever I want. I can go lay out whenever I want. I can go drive and see people. And then I realized like I had no, nothing grounding me back to structure. And even growing up, Correct. you know, my parents are divorced. I would, we'd switch houses on Sundays. Sundays. So there was all this structure through the week where it was like Sunday at four or whatever, you know, we switched houses mm -hmm. and I just didn't have any of that after school. And so he provided me really great structure because I, he'd say, look, work on the book. And I was like, and then no. he'd be like, work on chapter five, section right. three. I'm right. like, oh, I got that. Brittany, when you give Olivia an assignment, she is spot on. I mean, she is at it. You just can't give her this 
big picture idea. And as she talks about in the book so well, when you are at training, do three beam routines, do X of this. So she's used to be given, being given very specific instructions. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of learned how to deal with her. And we seriously never fought, but I must out myself. I horribly misbehaved one Saturday morning in a text and I hate texting, by the way, but I was just so mad. And my daughter was the adult in the situation, picked up the phone and she said, Dad, <laughs> that's how stop. She stop. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm really sorry. You're so right. I was wrong. I should be the adult. I'm 40 years older than you are, yada, yada, yada. And so I, I can honestly say we really didn't have like any just really rough patches. And as you can tell from just talking to us, we don't, we are not at a loss for words. And that's neither when we're talking to each other or writing together. So um, it was, I, as I said, it, she looked at me like with a deer in the headlights the other day when I said, well, you know, I have a second book idea for us in the future. She's like, oh my gosh, no, but, please. And I said, well, yeah, we can turn this whole thing into a series. And she's like, uh, Let's just get this one pump the out brakes, and pump, man. Yeah, pump it. Just <laughs> pump it out. I'd like to go back to New York and have a life and have friends and not be hanging out with my dad all day. <laughs> I literally it's a solid was, idea though. It is a solid idea. It is. But I was like, <laughs> no thanks. I'll pass. <laughs> Jim, I wanted to ask you, just looking back on Liv's career, because she was obviously a successful level 10 gymnast and then had an amazing career at the University of Michigan. What was your favorite moment from watching her compete? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be just from college, but just as her whole career, when you look back, what do you remember? And like, what was your favorite moment? Ooh, oh, that's a really good question, Brittany. I have to say, when she won that, what was that J-O thing we're talking about? Um, J-O's in 2014. In 2014. It was, I say this in the book, and I, I'm a finance major and everything else, but I never thought about scores with my daughter. I don't think as a parent, and I give some advice to parents, I'm like, really, truly send positive energy to your kids. Don't just be all about the scores and the this and the that. But when she, this man came up to me, there was this huge Excel spreadsheet, like on a projector screen, like when I was a little boy that we would watch home movies. So this wasn't fancy or any, or high tech the way it was at Chrysler when it's all beautiful and the jumbo trucks. Chrysler, Chrysler I'm sorry, I still can't that. say it the right way. Some old dogs who can teach new tricks. I'm, I'm not getting that one. And <laughs> so this man said to me, excuse me, are, are you Olivia's father? I said, yes. And he points and goes, if that girl gets a nine four or below and that girl gets a nine five or below that girl being sydney sneed that's that me your daughter is going to be the champion so i tell her mom we go and we look at the screen our mouths are hanging open kind of like in a horror movie waiting to see what happens and the next time they refresh oak oh my god are you gonna cry oh Karis comes up and it's like yesterday we couldn't believe it that she had won this meet. And when, I'm sorry, I'm doing this. I promised myself so I wouldn't do it, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's really sweet, honestly. And when her coach, and you will learn, we were not besties, the coach and I, um, in the book, Her Club Years, though she made created a beautiful gymnast for my daughter. When she told Olivia that she had won, Olivia hit the floor, sobbing. I mean, literally, because I don't think Olivia paid attention to that stuff. You know, we really didn't either. So just seeing her hit the floor, and so emotional. I mean, we were so amped up. It was unbelievable to see that. And then I do have to say, so you asked for one, I got to give you two. Oh, when go for they, it. Her senior year advanced to the nationals. I'm not a screamer, ladies. I didn't wear the overalls. Everyone made fun of me. I did wear a Michigan dad shirt. It's just not really my jam, but I did my best. When we were waiting for that score and these two dads, um, uh, Steve McLean and, um, and Ken, Osmond. Ken Osmond are next to me, both in overalls, just to be clear. The pictures in the book, when their score came up that they won by 0 0.025, yeah. we lost it. Horse for days, couldn't sleep. I was so amped up. I mean, it was just a moment I'll never, ever forget. And seeing Olivia sobbing and getting hit in the elbow with the eye. Yeah, Emma, mean, the Emma elbowed me in the face. <laughs> it's... <laughs> You know, again, you know, you want so much, 
to see your child succeed. And let's face it, there were some non-successes too. Let me very clear to anyone listening. This is never a road where it's just all happy, peppy, and you know, perfect. But kind of those moments because of living it through her. Let me very clear. This is not about me. This was about experiencing that and her accomplishment, like I just did, behaving like a child. Um, I'll never forget. <laughs> and Liv, bouncing off that, what about your favorite memory from your career? When you look back on your whole career, what is one? We'll, we'll let you have two since your dad had two. If you have Ooh, to I get two. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not going to take the one you just took because that okay. was just amazing. Um, I figured you would say that one. If that was a pretty good one. I yeah, it, I can take it down. No, it's okay. That really was just bonkers. Like I've never experienced something like that in my life, but you guys were there, you know, I mean, it was like. That was one of the funnest meets that I've ever been to. Actually, actually the funnest meet. It was just like high level gymnastics all around. All teams competing had a spot, had a chance. Like there was no giveaway. And that's what made it really cool. And having it at Chrysler. Chrysler. <laughs> um, and like all your friends there, it was so awesome. Um, okay, my favorite. Um, I'm going to say one of my favorites is winning Big Tens my freshman year. Um, I just never knew how it felt. And again, it wasn't about winning at that meet either. There was just something magical about being naive in a freshman and you hearing this culture of Michigan gymnastics winning. And it's just something that we pride ourselves on in going out there and having a kick-ass meet at Big Tens and, you know, being a cohesive unit as Michigan and showing up there. And I, I never understood what that meant. I was just like, you know, you, you hear about it, you, you watch it, but you never get it. And that truly was one of the most exciting days to just be a part of it for the first time and say, oh, that's what they're talking about. And freshmen get to carry the trophy on the plane. Yes. So I got to carry the trophy on the plane with Emma, which was awesome. Um, so it's just those little things that like really take it to the next level and make it so special to just like be a part of it and be on, in the history books. Yeah. Um, oh God. I mean, I'm, this is, might not be answering the question, but I'm going to take it a step further. Being a fan after you graduate is another thing that you don't get until you're done. And I, again, you know, you're a part of it. You know, the ins and outs, you know, what Bev says pre-beam to the whole team, you know, what Scott says before your bar routine, like, you know, these things and watching it as a fan and being in Fort Worth, watching them win was like, it, it was watching history happen. It was like, open the history book and write it down right there. And you just, as a fan, I couldn't have been more proud as a for, as a friend and former teammate to many of them. I couldn't have been more proud, but just like as someone, a part of the gymnastics community. And I know you both agree with me on this watching. I'm not going to call them underdogs because they were so freaking good this year, but watching a new team win and the joy that overtook the entire arena was just something unbelievable. And sitting there, watching Cal and Alabama start like scooting closer to our section and getting all excited each time the last three routines that he actually watched without me because I was there and he was like crying I watching was out of control. after high ski landed he was like bawling out of control. Yeah. it was like every person in the community came together in that moment and was like so happy for the program and to me that's something that I feel I contributed to and that's very special to me that I got to watch that happen and just watch the joy overtake their faces and everyone. I have yeah. to share something with you ladies. Olivia is a little bit of a good witch. And we have a very close friend who said very early on when we got to know her, just so you know, I'm a good witch. So she's color commentating with Dean Linky. We love Dean Linky. He is the best. He, we've got taken him to dinner. He's been to our home here and there and there in Chicago. She says, when she's commentating, which meet it was earlier. Big tens. Nat's gonna get oh, a Oh no, no, that was um flip for chip. Flip for chip. Nat's gonna get a 10 on beam. And Dean goes, Olivia, that's a lot to say. You know, someone's gonna get a 10. No, I feel it, she says. So when they lost the big 10 championship this past year, I said, Olivia, honey, how do you feel? She goes, they're gonna win NCAAs. And I said, hold it a second. They always win big tens. 
They never win NCAAs. I mean, they've only two times in their history gotten to the finals. No, gotten second, second twice, twice, but they've made it to final. Like, okay. you know, they've done really well, but it but was never always like- there. They and haven't she, made it to the finals since 2011, which was- Yeah, like, right, that's right. right. And so literally Brittany, when she said, uh, they're gonna win the NCAA, I'm like, how are you getting that? I mean, that's a bold statement. See, when you know, you know, because we were saying the same thing. I was so not even like, I mean, I was upset that they didn't win Big Tens, but I was like, it's fine. Like, they're going to win Nationals. Mm -hmm. I literally could feel yeah. it in my body that it was going to happen. I just yeah. knew it was like this wave came over and I was just like, they're going to win. And he was like, I can't believe you just said that. And then when they won, he called me and was like, oh, oh my, God. my God, you called it. I was like, I, there was just I, something going. I'm trying to teach you the stock market lady so she can get a feel for some stocks and we can buy a whole bunch of it before it goes up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that like, if you, you live, you obviously know a lot about machine gymnastics and about that team having been basically a part of basically the same team. There's a lot of girls on that current team that yeah. you were on the team with as well. And yeah, I think just anybody who follows the team closely, like you knew the energy of the season, like you knew the direction things were going. And I had a feeling just all year long that they were going to do it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I always like joke that like, I was like manifesting it for them. And obviously, obviously I had nothing to do with it. But I like to tell myself that I manifested that I, the whole year through. I was saying, I was saying it to everybody, like they're going to win. And it's so crazy to me because like specifically Abby high school, like I've known her since she was a very young club gymnast. And, you know, when she came to Michigan, I know we're going off track, but I just like get so amped up. She, you know, tore her Achilles coming into school. And when I was a senior and she was a freshman, she was finding her stride with a new Achilles. And that's a lot. And to me, you know, I only had a year left. So I think I kind of like pushed myself a little, like, like, come on, we got to get this going. We only have a year. And I think she rightfully took her time building her confidence back. But I know her so well that Emma and I were standing next to each other and Sam Roy was next to us and she did her side aerial. And we were like, oh, they're gonna, like, it's fine. Like, we just know how she is. If she hits the side aerial, right. she's fine. And that's exactly how we felt. And it was like, we just know her so well that we just know that's how she functions. And so watching it all happen. And like you said, knowing the ins and outs of it, knowing how the athletes work, it's almost more fun being a fan, a fan and watching. And I've got to share with you, Ashley, Brittany, when Scott Bregman comes over, sometimes when there are meets and we have wine and these two start going at it about the competitors and what the score should be, it's it's theater. I, I sit back in my chair for like two hours, just nodding my head, refilling their glass, <laughs> and they are hilarious, hilarious. I going love it. Forth. It's really, really fun. We need to all get together and watch a gymnastics meet because I feel uh, like yeah. I'm game. That too. <laughs> the whole gym for net needs to. It's that so would be fun. I had had enough of watching the meets as a father who'd been in those stands for like 15 years, 16 years. And when it was all over, I'm like, don't have to do those drives to New York. Don't have to jump on that plane, you know, to Kentucky or something like that. And then when it came around, it's like, I miss it. I can't believe it. Sometimes this is creepy. I watch Olivia's YouTube videos when I'm kind of down because it actually makes me feel good because just watching her with all that joy and that energy, and I'm so proud. I mean, I am a crazy proud father. And so I, I'm game to go to a meet with you guys. Totally up for it. That would be fun. All right, nationals next year. Ooh, yeah. I have to go. I, I'll be missed out this time and I'm like, we always so told ourselves that we wanted to be there when Michigan won because we wanted to be there in person. And of course it happens the year where we can't go, but we've made a promise already that we're going next year. Yeah, so. I again, so duh. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, it's fine. They'll do it again next year. I'll be there. Exactly. But we're like crazy. We like keep track of the scores. Like we know exactly what, you know, the last person needs and like. Oh, we, he knew. I had no I idea. Knew. Oh no, I did know. And I was absolutely dying. I was in Palm Springs and my friend lives in this golf community. And I was screaming so loud, I think some of the neighbors th thought something was wrong going on in the house because I just couldn't. And they kept showing Olivia then jumping up and down yeah. and Emma. And it was just so exciting. It was literally like almost being there, but seeing them succeed, I was so happy for Bev as well. I really knew this is something she wanted for a long time. And I just texted her right away, you know, you deserve this. You must be so insanely proud. Um, in her career, I mean, this has just got to be the icing on the cake. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. And seeing Bev cry at the end made me cry. <laughs> seeing her and Lisa hug each other did, yeah. that was it for me. That, I was, that yeah, was just that like was something. 30 years of 
blood, sweat, and tears in a hug, I, I was done. That was yeah. insane. I know. It's such a beautiful moment. I go back and watch it all the time just for fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, the last oh, three routines uh, and the celebration. Unbelievable. Yeah. Every other day. Yeah. That's like my, it's a part of my morning routine. Like I yeah, wake up, I'm having breakfast. Like, nice routine, Sierra. Very good. Cha-cha. <laughs> good job, high ski. Let's move on with our day. Again, but I got to share this with you ladies because I'm so much older than you are. When something like that gives you energy and makes you happy and it's part of your morning routine, do it. Do it, put music on that makes you happy. Watch a video that makes you happy. Watch that that competition, those last couple of routines. It totally, I think it can change the DNA if you get up and feel crummy and all of a sudden you're just like, okay, I'm good. I'm grounded now. I relive that. I feel good. I'm ready to go. So yeah. I believe in that. That's true. Well, one last thing on that. What I, especially during high school's beam routine, all I could think about is the fact that like to be in such a pressure situation and to go up with as much confidence as she did and nail the crap out of it that inspires me to go about my day and this is like totally cheesy of me but I'm being dead serious like it's so inspiring to see somebody thriving under that much pressure and I'm like if she can do that I can do anything so it actually is legitimately like I watch gymnastics all the time for that reason because I'm so inspired by it it's true and when you talk about people who are inspirations and like celebrities in a way because they like promote change or or make you you know feel like that that's how it's supposed to be so unknowingly she did that and like watching her mother her mom was sitting like this in the stands and everyone cleared away from marie marie was like no one no one come near me but that's just like (laughs) cannot imagine i totally can't imagine what she used to look away when i would do uh, my series the series he was like i can't (laughs) can't take it i can't take that 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 i will never miss is that series again and it's so odd and i've told olivia this now like when she fell the minute she hesitated i thought she's going down you, I, I know her so well that the minute she begins that series and that one extra beat, I'm like, I don't want to say an expletive on your podcast. You can't tell. She's going to go down. And so, but again, one thing to remember, and I want your um, listeners to know this. Can you believe, according to Inc. Magazine, 94% of female executives who hit the C-suite, you know, the, the, the big time senior VP, CEO, CEO jobs, all were former athletes. I can believe that, honestly. Shocking. When we heard that on CNBC, which is my jam, and I've turned my daughter onto it now, so we watch Squawk Box all day and Squawk in the Street. We applaud when the stock market opens and it closes. so embarrassing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) It frames our day because I love to trade. She's so embarrassed to me, I know. And so literally, and I have a client who's a very big executive recruiter, and he says to me in his 50s, later 50s, to this day, when I see a resume from a man or woman who is a former athlete, I know they understand discipline. I know they know how to get shit done, since you told me I can say that. I know how, they know how to structure their days and deal with adversity. And it is interesting. I'm not an athlete. I've never been an athlete in my life. And so watching her do this and understanding what these athletes go through has been a whole education for me. And I have an unbelievable amount of respect mm-hmm. and high ski, which she did. I mean, that'll go down in history. Yeah, truly. And I was never an athlete. I'm not athletic at all. I'm just a big gymnastics fan and live. You inspire me. All of the top level gymnasts inspire me. It's why I love gymnastics. So, <laughs> Oh, we love you guys. <laughs> I was going to say real quickly too, we were talking about like the routines of like the routines that you watch frequently. And I want to say that you are a part of my like lineup of routines that I watch frequently. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we literally have a lineup. Like these are the routines I watch every morning. Like I have like several routines that I just, I watch all the time and your floor routine is one of them. So just know that. <laughs> I love that routine. God, I, I did. I did love that routine. Was, we did some um, TV with a couple of stations and they asked for um, some clips. And of course they all use the floor routine from flip for chip. chip. I mean, they all use that because it's just so special and she's just so joyous and kind of owning it out there. And, um, I love that routine as well. It's, it's iconic. (laughs) So circling back to the book, if there was like a main takeaway that you want people to get from reading this book, what do you hope that is? Talk, like talk to your parents, talk to your friends, write things down if they come to you, the more that you can verbalize how you feel and your experience. There there are people that wanna know. 
because there's someone out there who might be an aspiring like dancer from Chicago and a dancer from Chicago writes something and they learn things they never would have learned before. Um, so talk. And like, I, I talk to my parents a lot, talk to my brother a lot. I talk to my friends a lot. Like I'm a very vocal person about numerous things, but specifically about hardships and emotions and everything. And right. it, it's an escape when it needs to be. Sometimes, you know, like I swear, I swear by the sports psychology and therapy I had at Michigan completely changed my life. But like, talk to your friends and family too, because nine out of 10 times, one of them also feels the same way and can help give you perspective. So I would say a big thing for this book is like, speak up, use your voice. You have a story. People do want to know if anything, it'll be a chapter closing for you. And I do think it did that for me as well. It allowed me to like finish my career already knowing I'm done with it, finishing it and feeling very proud of myself, which I don't normally say or do, but I, it made me feel very proud to say like, I really went through all that and I did it and here I am and I can talk about it and share my story. I would say as the parent, since it's a dad and daughter's guide to survival, you've got to know that if your child is really going to succeed and excel at something or have a passion, I don't want to mean it's only about those who excel, it's have a passion. It's going to morph and change your family dynamic. I mean, it pretty much dictated our lives for about a decade and a half. And that's a long time. And I didn't know that. Their mom didn't know that. Um, none of us did. That you really have to be prepared for that direction. And if it's what your child wants to do, you have to be insanely supportive. But you have to know it's, I mean, we never took a family vacation. I mean, I forced her to go to London and Paris. And I got major flack from her coach at the time. But I just said to Olivia, you've not been anywhere. You've not done anything. Her brother and I would travel. And so finally, she got to do something. She never went to a school dance. Well, she went to one in a pretty bad dress, but we won't go there. Um, and um, and uh, she never, you know, spent Friday nights, you know, at a party or anything like that. She got up. She ate. She went to school. She came home and had a snack. We took her to the gym. She came home, took a shower, had homework, lather, rinse, repeat every day. And then on Sunday, she was exhausted. So really know what you're getting yourself into. I did not. I loved it in retrospect. Um, I almost wish I could relive it because I think yeah, I'd right. appreciate it more because I didn't know at the time. But that's something that is important from that from that dad and daughter perspective. That's a, a lot of interesting feedback we're getting that you never, you know, read a book from two perspectives. And that was kind of our goal. And yeah. I, I hope we accomplished it. Yeah. Well, I'm really, really excited to read it. Can you tell our listeners where they can get it? I know you guys have a website, so go ahead and plug that. And then will it be in stores, anything like that? Sure. Uh, Brittany, it's Karis Confessions, K-A-R-A-S Confessions.com. And you'll see our website and you'll see different ways to buy copies. It is also on Amazon. And really in this day and age, you know, there's not a whole lot of outlets to have them in the stores because mm -hmm. all the stores are going bye-bye. So it's our website and Amazon, if you go to our website, you get a signed copy. <clears throat> and so, you know, just a little plug for that site. Um, and so that's where we're at. We're also gonna definitely start going and doing some live events now that the world has opened back up for gymnasts and for certain um, places geographically in the country, just so we can, you know, Olivia is such a star to all of them. And it is kind of fun when people are like, is that Olivia Karras's dad? And I'm like, oh my, I, I, I just, my social, you know, rank just went way up, you know, I'm Olivia Karras's dad. So it, it definitely is a lot of fun. And to all the Jim Turnett people out of the country, we're working on international shipping. I've had yes, a few are. people reach out to me. So I promise it's on my radar because it means the world that people from all over want to read it. So we're working on it. Yeah. And you two are a blast. I've heard about you from Olivia, but you're like a big old bundle of energy. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Liv's been one of our favorite gymnasts. We're lifelong Michigan fans. We get hype about Michigan. We get hype about gymnastics. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Enjoy your passion and, and, and keep building it. It's great.
That does it for this week's episode. We want to say thank you again to Liv and Jim for taking the time to join us on our show. We had so much fun talking with you guys, and we recommend everybody go buy their book, Confessions of a Division One Athlete. It's a great book for gymnast, parents, gym fans, really anyone. I feel like a lot of the stuff in the book is applicable to many different people in this world. So go get it. You won't regret it. And we will be back next week with another episode. As we mentioned already, we're going to Olympic trials. So we're thinking about doing an episode with our friend Sarah, just talking about how we met each other, because obviously we met through gymnastics and then talking about some of the action that's happening down there. So yeah, I think it's going to be like a last minute Olympic team prediction type thing, because I think we want to post it sometime either on Saturday or Sunday, just because we're going to be on the road all day Monday, and that's normally when our episodes go up, but obviously we're not going to be able to edit and all that and record even, so we're going to record sometime while we're at trials and hopefully have it up for you guys this coming Saturday or Sunday instead of Monday. With that being said, we hope you guys have a wonderful week, enjoy Olympic trials, and we will talk to you next week. Bye! Bye! Bye!